Would you like to live a happier, healthier, and more fulfilled life? Cultures from all over our planet have been addressing that concern for thousands of years, and their answers can help you in your life today. Welcome to The Sweet Spot, where healing, spirituality, and culture meet. Join anthropologist and healer Robert Better as he introduces you to healing and spirituality in world cultures. Here's the host of your show, Robert Better. Welcome back, listeners. I'm here for interview part three with Sandra Ingerman, and we covered a lot of ground in our first two interviews. Today, we're going to be looking at the work that Sandra is engaged in now and some important messages about what's going on in our world today. So, Sandra, welcome back for part three. Thank you, Bob, and thank you, everybody out there. It's been um, lovely getting to know Bob, and you're lucky to have these shows coming your way. Oh, thank you so much, Sandra. And there's there's so much left to talk about. I feel like I could spend days and days <laughs> talking to you. Um, yeah. We're, we're looking now at what you're doing now and, and what you're I guess I'm going to ask you to hone in even more on your life's work uh, over the years, what it, how it started, what it has become, and what kind of insight we can glean from all of this in the times that we find ourselves in now. So that's a big chunk to ask you to, to take care of. Yeah, well, it's an important chunk um, because I really have devoted... Um, my life to trying to help people learn how to live a simpler way of life. Um, uh, when, when the COVID developed in this country, um, a Native American elder uh, who I used to be very close to kept leaving messages on my voicemail for me. And he said, Sandra, please go out and tell people how to live the simple life. We need to learn how to live the simple life again. And that's actually what I've been teaching for a really, really long time now um, is I've, I still teach shamanic journeying. I have to because it's a, it's a way to teach people how to get direct revelation with the spirits. But my work is more around um, ceremony and about learning how to actually live a shamanic way of life. And so I never studied with indigenous shamans and it, that was intentional on my part because I was a psychotherapist and my desire um, to be a shamanic practitioner in this culture was how we can heal the issues of our times, of our culture. And every shaman, there are no two shamans in the world who work alike. There are, there's no instance of two shamans that work alike. They work for their community, they work with their helping spirits. And so they get very unique ceremonies that no shaman has ever heard of before. And so that's the work that I try to bring into the world is please see your clients as very unique beings. I, I've spent 40 years teaching shamanism 
and my work has really honed down into how people um, how, how people uh, lived um, in shamanic cultures, how they lived a, a healthy way of life, and how they did that was um, through watching the vibration of what they emanated. And so this is what I teach in the world. Every single word that we say has a vibration and that vibration goes up into the universe and then it manifests down as form. This is the magic of words. It's, it's actually taught beyond shamanism. I can't find a spiritual culture that does not talk about how words have a vibration that goes up into the universe and manifests down as um, form. That's how um, shamans create. They actually chant their creation stories, um, talking about chanting to the divine and they use the words that create a particular vibration that manifests the healing they wanna see for one client, a community or for the planet. And then our thoughts um, fall into the same category. Uh, our thoughts are a train. When we step on a train, um, our train leads us to a particular station. So what train station are your thoughts leading to? If you want to see and explore why your life is manifesting the way it is, just take some time and sit down with a cup of tea and reflect on the thoughts that loop throughout your mind throughout the day and then there won't be any question on what you're manifesting, how you're manifesting your life in a particular way. And the same thing goes with daydreams. Um, everything, shamans believe that everything in this world is a dream. Everything in this world is a dream. And when John Perkins um, went down to South America and he worked with shamans in South America, he said to some of the elders, what should I bring back to people in the West? And the elders said, teach your people how to dream. They're dreaming the wrong dream. So in shamanism, we perform ceremonies to change the dream. And you actually have to work with a full um, form of embodiment, like I talked about in the last interview, where you step fully into the world that you want to personally be living in and for all of life. And you need to be able to see, hear, feel, taste, smell, all those, um, all those amazing senses that we were born with, we have to be able to step into that dream and live from that dream. So these three topics have become a, a big core of my work because if we look at people in the West, 
we, we are so distracted and we're so stressed out. We don't realize what's actually coming out of our mouth with our words, our thoughts. And if you examine your daydreams, that's, that's clear. You have to be able to see the connection between how we loop into negative daydreams and what we're seeing in the world today. And uh, a topic that's not popular in shamanism, but is the core, the absolute core of my teachings, besides um, uh, teaching people how to live a shamanic way of life, which means a simpler way of life, more connected to the spirit of nature, is I teach about the power of light. And this came to me in a dream from the Egyptian god Anubis. I work with a lot of the Egyptian spirits as helping spirits. And Anubis gifted me with the most amazing dream in 1998 that the missing piece of my um, environmental work was working with transfiguration. And so if I was to say what people are knowing me for right now is the core of my work is teaching the art of transfiguration, which is about working with the power of light. And so this teaching of working with light actually exists in most shamanic cultures, but it's not what people write about in popular books in the West. So it's a teaching that's not being shared and is essential for our personal and global healing right now. The understanding is that we have the same divine light as source. And we are a reflection of source. That's a teaching that comes from many religions, but it's part of shamanism too. Um, the creation story was the most important part of how to live a life in shamanic cultures. And the creator is known to be light. And so we are a reflection of the creator. And so we are beings of light, just like stars shine their light in the sky, um, just like the sun shines its light, just like the moon shines its light. None of those amazing spiritual beings say, I'm going to shine my light on this person today or on this country today these nature beings just shine. And so a classic core teaching in shamanism that's being left out of all the popular teaching that I've been bringing in since 2000 is getting in touch with our internal divine light and putting on some music every day, just doing it even if you do it for a few minutes every day and go inside and experience a star inside of you just growing and growing and absorbing that light into every single cell of your being like a sponge that's been put into water or a plant that's absorbing the rain or, or the sun. If you do this every single day, it's 
amazing the miracle stories that we have of personal healing and we've conducted um, scientific experiments around the world since 2000 um, polluting water and testing other polluted substances before or after we've done ceremonial work of not sending light this is really different of being light and radiating like a star. Um, so what the piece of the puzzle that the spirits have given to me, and I know people are getting other pieces, but what my message to the world has been since 2000, which is unique to um, other shamanic teachers, is that we can actually transform um, illness, personal illness and environmental illness by experiencing our divine light and by perceiving everything in the world in its divine light. And that's the feminine principle of it's who we become, not what we do that changes the world. And so we would actually put beakers of polluted water with ammonium hydroxide and the group would not send light to the water. We would just become light and we would just radiate it. Um, we wouldn't send it and the water reflected back that change to us. And then over time, I bought a, a particular camera called a GDV camera where we could test all kinds of substances before and after our transfiguration ceremonies. And the pictures are extraordinary. And they're actually on my website for people who want to see the before and after pictures of water, people, and other substances um, of what happens when we just become a being of light. And the results are quite extraordinary. And you can see them on sandraingerman.com under GDV results. Um, they're quite meaningful. So that's, that's a piece of, of work that the spirits asked me to bring into the world of the piece of how we can shift the environmental impact we're having on the world today. And that has to do with changing how we speak, how we think, how we daydream, what we radiate, and most importantly, um, the energy that we're feeding into the collective because the COVID came from so much negative energy in the collective. Um, you know, that's what I see from a shamanic way of looking at the COVID is we just built up too much division, too much hate, too much anger, too much sadness and sent it into the collective. And we didn't work with these energies as a shaman would do. And now I'm saying that we can reverse this if we learn how to become more conscious beings, learn how to speak, um, change our way of thinking, change our way of daydreaming and shining our light in the world. Um, 
And this is the, the message that I'm bringing right now. We can do this. We can do this from a spiritual perspective. What a beautiful message that is, Sandra. Um, I'm, I'm reflecting back on, on what you've said during this session and the, the two that came before. And I'm thinking about this, this directive of finding one's own personal relationship. You know, we think of, when we think of, of spirituality in terms of religion, you know, we think of everybody kind of following the path of that originator, everybody doing, doing what they were told within that religion. And this shamanic perspective is in some ways very individualistic. Uh, in other words, that the, the spirits are going to communicate with me and I don't necessarily need to be a part of somebody else's work. What I'm curious about is what you find as commonalities among the people that, that you've seen. So your, your, your senior students and ones that have taken this with them where how do the how do these experiences hang together even though they came from direct communication from the spirits to one person and then another and then another if that question makes sense yeah it does and i have a story to tell about that i was um i was helping assist a shamanic workshop um in the hills of nevada um, at a very, very um, uh, uh, country retreat. And um, there was a Native American elder at the workshop. And he actually shared a story that it, in his particular tribe, and I'm actually, this was a story from the 1980s, so I can't remember the tribe that he came from anymore. But he said that if 50 people from this tribe sat around in a circle and shared their creation story and every single creation story, all 50 creation stories were different. He said, in my tribe, what we would do is we would say, how beautiful, instead of compare. And so that story, um, was told to me in the 1980s. So that was another story that shaped my work. And so I teach people not to compare, that everybody gets a piece of the puzzle from the spirits, as I was sharing. There's no teacher right now living on the planet who was given the entire piece. We've all got a piece of the puzzle. And that means you're all teachers out there. You're all mystics out there. You're, you're all, you all came into this world with a particular message to share and um, something energetically to contribute to the planet. And we're all gonna get a, a different piece of the puzzle when we work with the helping spirits and how beautiful that is it it certainly is now when you perform ceremony 
are you in a community of people who would you say share a common worldview with you? No, I, you know, one of the things that I'm known for is I worked with a group of fundamentalist Christians. Um, <laughs> I did a, a, a statistical medical study with um, the Integrative School of Medicine through the University of Michigan. We did a statistical study on if my medicine for the earth work would help people with depression after a heart attack. And it was a random study and so there were three groups with a control group. And I happened by the luck of the draw to get 97% fundamentalist Christians in a workshop where I was teaching shamanic ceremonies. And they did fabulous. I just didn't, what I learned was if you change your vocabulary and don't push vocabulary on people, you can teach spiritual principles to everybody if you learn how to work with their belief system instead of forcing your belief system on them. So we were actually able to statistically prove um, the medical study that's actually published in Explored Journal um, ends with uh, anybody with who has depression after a heart attack will benefit from taking a medicine for the earth workshop. Mm. Um, we were able to get better results than the group that worked with stress management, diet, meditation. Um, and so this was a huge lesson for me that you can actually bring ceremonial work into any population if you're willing to work with their vocabulary. Beautiful. So how does that, how does that play out in terms of um, the nature of ceremony itself? Like what would be an example of a ceremony that, that could apply to anybody? So let's say you live in a town that, um, doesn't have fire danger right now because <laughs> um, fire is real danger. Um, uh, you could bring together your community and you could um, build a bonfire and people could wear masks and do social distancing. And you can provide um, little sticks that you found in a park or in the woods with um, some yarn and you could ask everybody um, present to wrap a little piece of yarn around the stick with a prayer of what you want to release. I want to release um, my illness. I want to release my fear. I want to release my anger about what's happening. And um, you could play music. You could drum and rattle. Um, my students give out drums and rattles for people to use at ceremonies. Um, but if drums and rattles are too, um, uh, for, so for some reason, aren't acceptable to people in your community, you could just have people walk up one by one in silence 
and put their stick of the pain that they're releasing into the fire, well, the entire community supports that one person in their work. We didn't talk about spirits. We didn't talk about shamanism. Of course, in a shamanic ceremony that I would be teaching, we'd be thanking the spirit of fire. We'd be calling in the spirits and thanking the spirits. But in a community where that's not possible, it's the work. It's the ceremony that's important. And you do your own work um, to call in the spirits and to create sacred space. Um, if um, fire isn't something that uh, you can use, which is a lot of places on the planet right now, you could have everybody uh, blow something into a stone and place it in a body of water. Um, or you could put a, a big um, bowl of water in the middle of a circle and have everybody put a prayer into the water and you could take the bowl outside and, and give that to the earth. The only thing that I ask of people is that if they give um, a pain to the earth, water, or to the air, um, is, or to fire, is to ask that the ener energy be transmuted so that you're not sending more pain into these elements that bring us life, but that you ask for the energy behind your pain to be transmuted into love and light so that as the as you release into the elements what you want to let go of um, you're also emanating love into the collective at the same time you can use the elements to put in a dream and again you don't need particular spiritual languaging where everybody puts in their dream for themselves and for the planet into fire, water. Um, I teach people to blow bubbles into the air and let the bubbles, uh, as you blow the bubbles, you're releasing your pain and asking it to be transformed into love and light or you're releasing a dream uh, to the creative forces of the universe to help you manifest. You could blow bubbles or you can use water or the earth or fire and you can gather people and work with the elements together while you support each other as each person does their work. Beautiful. So Sandra, as we make our way almost to the end of our, our final session, could you share with everybody a little bit about what, what you're doing, what you're offering and how people can stay in contact with you? Yeah, right now um, I'm just teaching online um, as many people are doing at this time of the planet. I am going to be starting a new course on connecting with the spirits of nature. And this will be middle world journeys. And 
uh, it will be about what I found about how when you fall in love with the elements and nature beings, just like you would that unconditional love that you have for your precious loved ones, how they work with you in mutual cooperation and support to bring, to bring transformation to the planet and into your life. And so that course will be beginning in February and it's one of my favorite courses to teach. And so um, people can visit my website, sandraingerman.com and uh, go to trainings and I'll have that training listed. I also write a monthly column. I've written this column for free since 2000. I haven't missed a month. And it's all about the work that I just shared um, on the show. And it's called the Transmutation News. And you can find it on sandraingerman.com, as well as a bunch of articles. And I train practitioners and teachers. And so if you'd like to study with somebody local, you can visit shamanicteachers.com for a list of people who I've trained and who I trust to bring this work out into the world. Beautiful. And, and Sandra, what a shining light you are in this world. I, I really have tremendous respect for you and the work that you do and just thank you for for bringing all this into the world thank you bob and thank you everyone for listening and we can do this together so um tap into tap into why you're here what you have to contribute if you think it's really small, it's not because we all came in with a piece of the puzzle. Share your piece of the puzzle and we will get through this time together. And I send my love and blessings to everyone. Thank you so much, Sandra. And thank you everybody out there for listening. This has been Healing and Spirituality in World Cultures with Robert Vetter. Thanks for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and share with everyone you know who might benefit from these messages. Until next time, remember, be kind and loving to yourself and others. Together, we can heal ourselves and help build a better world.